You've tuned in to Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of the shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of naturopathic earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health News. I hope you are doing fabuloso today. Today we're going to talk about why well, we're not making big families anymore. Yeah, this is this is kind of a follow-up to the episode we did last week about all the toxins and crap they put in our food and poor diet that's making us the most infertile we've ever been in human history. This article is coming from National Interest. Americans just don't want to have babies anymore or are delaying having children. Why? The United States is no exception. Aside from a few years in the mid-2000s, the number of births in the United States has been falling for the last three decades and have now reached their lowest number in 32 years. The country is now below population replacement rates as a nation. This means that the population will start to shrink in numbers generation by generation. It also means we're going to have a larger old retirement community that is being supported by a lesser number working population. So if you look at the the demographic pyramid, for example, Japan has one that's really lopsided. It should fall over because there's too many old people and the young people aren't having kids. That's the rate we're going, but it's going to take us a little time. As a specialist in infertility, I see women, and this is Maria Menke, who live this trend on a daily basis as they struggle with their decisions regarding childbearing and infertility. Why are the birth rates declining, she asks. There can be many reasons, and not all of them are bad. Certainly, the reduction in teenage birth rates from 41 per 1,000 women in 2007 to 17 per 1,000 women in 2018 should be a welcome news. Well, it is a welcome news unless you're pro-life and some of these kids are being aborted. Then I don't know if it's really welcome news, but I'm assuming a lot of this is contraceptive too. Age plays a role as well. While birth rates declined for nearly all groups under the age of 35, they rose in women for their late 30s and early 40s. This data shows that women are delaying childbearing, not often to success, which we'll talk about later. Because remember, 95% of your eggs are dead at age 35. Yeah, some of these women will freeze their eggs in their 20s because they're putting their career first. But in general, your womb ain't what it used to be. So now we're doing more expensive interventions like in vitro and surrogacy. Not everybody can pay for that. In fact, most people can't. It's expensive. Only the, the, upper, the upper class can. Indeed, over the last decade, the CDC reported an increase in average birth at first birth and an eightfold increase in proportion of first births to women age 35 or older. This, the mean age at first birth in the U.S. is now at a record high, 27 years. So the average first birth, a woman is 27 years old, and she's already lost her peak fertility. We've talked about this in the episodes we've done in the past on intersexual dynamics. Peak fertility is 18 to 24 years of age. So she's already missing out on her peak years. Why is this? Is delayed childbearing a problem? Well, like all children, like all choices, having children later in life comes with pros and cons. At the population level, delayed childbearing results in a slowed pace of population growth because, you know, if you're waiting longer to have kids, you're likely to have less kids. It changes the distribution of the population by age and reduces the number of children relative to the size of working age population. 
On an individual level, delayed childbearing offers the opportunity to seek financial stability before starting a family. I will cover that in a second. However, delayed childbearing has been implicated in increase of multiple births, both with and without assisted reproductive technology, as well as pregnancy-associated complications such as gestational diabetes and preeclampsia. Similarly, as women get older, they are less likely to become pregnant without medical assistance or to avoid a C-section. While a woman attempting to conceive in her early 30s has a 20% chance of getting pregnant per month, just 20 in her early 30s, a 40-year-old woman has a 5% chance. Well, I guess my ex-wife was lucky. I mean, we conceived a child when she was 39 or so. I guess it was a, a gift from God, an intervention from God. The likelihood is high that many of these women in the older brackets of childbearing will have turned infertility treatment as a method to build their families. In the U.S., in 2007, approximately 6,000 IVF cycles were started in women over 42 years of age using their own eggs. By 2017, this number was over 10,000. Yeah, I mean, this is the way we're going. IVF and those reproductive endocrinologists, they're loving it. They make tons of money off this. It's, on average, they're like $15,000 from one treatment. And the level of success, it, it could be up to 30,000. The level of success is very small. It's about 20%. They know this, but they'll keep doing it because these, these couples are desperate. Why are women waiting? The CDC reports population level statistics based on births per 1,000 women. However, these rates do not show the number of women who delayed childbearing and subsequently could not conceive or the reasons why women might have waited. Female fertility declines with age, but almost one-third of women who visit a fertility clinic reported they expected to get pregnant without difficulty at age 40 because they're, they're, they just don't know the facts. They're ignorant on the facts there. This is simply not the case, right? Even Dr. Minky knows this. Some studies suggest that relationships and enjoyment of current lifestyle are a major reason for delay. In my clinic, Dr. Minky's clinic, women frequently cite work and education. Many of my patients waited until they were in a better place in their life before starting their family at the cost of having their family because, again, their, their reproduction, their fertility is much less in their late 30s. I'm not ready. What should I do? Treatment options for women who have difficulty conceiving with fertility treatments are limited. Although some women do still conceive with their own eggs, the national average live birth rate in women over the age of 42 is approximately 3%. All right, so well, look, if you're 42, you have a 3% chance of getting pregnant. And that's if they're using IVF with their own eggs. For women who are not ready to conceive but wish to preserve their option for, for use of their own eggs, elective oocyte cryopreservation or egg freezing has become increasingly available. Women should understand that this option is to preserve the chance but not a guarantee for future childbearing. Whatever the underlying reason, the increased birth rates at later ages are enough to suggest that education on the risk and benefits of delayed childbearing should start early. Although I'd hope this discussion could occur in a general practitioner setting, the reality with healthcare today is that a physician office visit has to cover a lot more ground. Like we, know, we talked about the average doctor visits, nine minutes. By the time a woman is ready to discuss fertility, it may be already too difficult and too late for her to conceive. Yeah, that's the problem. All right. Where, where do we start here? A lot of this has to do with feminism. So feminism tells women that they can have it all, that you can have a promising career and have a lot of children. This, unfortunately, is not true. Now, I'm not saying that women shouldn't be working. What I'm saying is that women should be having children and getting married at a young age like we used to, 20, 22, 23 years old. Why does this make sense? 
go to the videos, or I'm sorry, go to the episodes we did on intersectional dynamics. A woman's peak sexual market value is 18 to 24, and you could really stretch it out maybe to 28, depending if she's taking care of herself. That is her peak beauty years, and therefore your your better chance of attracting a man of high sexual market value. But a lot of women during this age or are in college partying up and having a lot of partners. The sex positive movements push this, right? If men can sleep around, women can sleep around, even though every study shows that women having a lot of sexual partners leads to pair bonding problems, higher rate of divorce, higher rate of depression, higher rate of addiction. But of course, feminism doesn't want these women to know this. So they're writing around on on the carousel of you-know-whats in their 20s, having fun, quote-unquote, dating, close quote. And during this time, they're getting their education, so they're, they're spending time in graduate school, eight years in graduate school to get a useless degree. Sometimes they're in med school, sometimes they're in law school. We know that women are outpacing men now in, in, in graduate degrees and even undergraduate degrees. And then they finish their education at 30, 32. At this point, they're like, I'm ready to settle down. I've had my fun with all the men. But they also realize that their SMV is dropping, and so they need to get married as soon as possible. And at this point, they're ready to settle down, but a loss. 80% of your eggs are dead by the time you're 30. 95% of your eggs are dead by the time you're 35. And a lot of these women don't realize that, and they also don't realize, oh, I'm, it's going to be harder for me to attract a man when I'm 32 as opposed to when I was 22. And now they're having problems finding a high-quality man, so a lot of these women either stay single or they just grab whatever beta provider they can get, a man that they don't really respect or find attractive, but they want to latch on to somebody just to be married. And then later on, they have a turbulent marriage because they resent this man because they never really really wanted to be with that man. And also because, again, uh, pair bonding problems because a lot of these women are riding the carousel. And then a lot of them can't have children or maybe they have one child. And so now they become 45 or 50 years old and they're menopausal and they're depressed. A large majority of antidepressants are taken by middle-aged women. And this could be for a host of reasons. They could be in a miserable marriage or regret their career like a lot of men do. But a lot of it can be with they're not happy with the choices they made. And in retrospect, a lot of these women wish they had more kids or they wish they had kids. A lot of these women, again, IVF doesn't work all the time. They wish they had kids and now they're 45 with no kids and now they're looking for the next 40 years of being alone. And it's sad. And this is what feminism has done. Traditional views have always been woman gets married at 22, have your children in your 20s because you're younger, you have more vitality, more energy to take care of them. Marry a good quality man, stay at home with the kids or work part-time, raise the kids. Once the kids are in uh, elementary school, so maybe you had two or three kids in your 20s, so by the time you're 30, 32, they're in elementary school, then you go and start your career. At that point, you got your, your college degrees, hopefully you made good choices and picked lucrative degrees and not like French or poli sci or something but you pick something that's actually going to get you a job and then you have from 30 32 to 70 to do your career and at that point you can work on promoting and elevating your career and getting higher wages you have you'll have more of an uncontinuous run of years and this is why men get paid more than women it's not sexism it's simply that men stay in the workforce continuously whereas women typically women will get their education and our work in their 20s, and then they leave the workforce in their late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s to raise the kids, and then they try to go back. Well, that's why there's there's less pay. The left want you to think it's because we hate women. It's not that we hate women. It's just they leave the workforce. 
so women, if any of you are listening and you're young, have your children in your 20s, you have a better chance of finding a higher quality guy and you're more fertile. And then later on, start your career. The feminists are telling you, you can have it all, you can't have it all. It's not like men who can be virile until they're 70. You're only fertile really you know, 15 to 30 is your peak fertility. And even 15 is way too young. We don't want to encourage teen pregnancy. But it's 18 to 30. So take advantage of that time if you really want to have kids. Now, if you know you don't want to have kids for sure, okay, well, then don't worry about it. But if you know you want to have kids, I mean, why would you wait? It's it's foolish. Know your fertility Know your sexual market value and understand that your early 20s is your best chance for both. Guys, go to Naturopathic Earth, my website. Check out all the articles, essential oil recipes, food recipes. We have over 250 recipes there. If you want to help us out, buy Confessions of an Obese Child or Revelations of a Weight Loss Warrior, my two books on Amazon. Donate money through PayPal. There's a link on my episode notes eventually. If not on this one, go to a couple episodes back. It'll be there by then. Takes you to PayPal, donate $5, $10, whatever you can. If you need one-on-one coaching for weight maintenance or you just want to talk about problems in the world, click on the the Clarity FM link. It's only $2 a minute to talk. If you want to help us in a more passive way, go to the food recipe articles of Naturopathic Earth and you'll see the Amazon links. Click on the Amazon links. It takes you to Amazon. Anything you buy on Amazon within 24 hours, we get a 2% commission at no expense to you. Also, I want to mention over at mocha.fm, I created an essential oil course, eight-lesson course on introduction to essential oils. You want to go check that out. And I also have a course on how to improve your microbiome and the importance of the microbiome and how to naturally uh, remedy your insomnia. Those will be coming out there at mocha.fm. I'll try to put a link on the episode notes. And, of course, we have three podcasts, The Essential Oils and Herbal Apothecary. This one in Confessions of an Obese Child. Please subscribe to all three and post an honest review. Until next time, take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathic earth. Buy the Confessions of an Obese Child ebook on Amazon or Barnes & Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at NPE, let food be thy medicine, let nature be thy healer. Until next time, music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.